Okay, welcome to another episode of the Map Life Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Williams, Director of Mindset and Performance here at Motivation and Performance Partners and Readiness Camps. And the reason why I began this journey of the Map Life Podcast was to really inspire you, for you out there to hear, to receive the insights, the tools, the concepts, the strategies that the greats use to achieve their greatness. You know, at MAP, we believe that everyone, every single person on the planet has the ability to be great at something. Now, it's not just having that desire, but it's how do I achieve that? What are the particular strategies that I need to use in order to actualize the potential within me? And by listening to the stories of these great performers, whether it's these captivating artists or whether it's the these extraordinary athletes or again super successful entrepreneurs we're going to give you the insights into how they used their particular strategies and then it ignited their excellence and what we'd really love from this particular experience is for you to be able to take home and experience yourself that transcendence that actualization of the great potential that you have within you. So from all of us here at MAP, we wish you all the best on your transition from where you are to where you want to be, and we hope you enjoy the show. Okay, guys, for season two, as you guys know, I'm always partnering with the best brands that are on the market, brands that we here at MAP and readiness camps truly believe in and i'm super stoked that uh, we are continuing our partnership with project blank an eco-friendly wetsuit hardware and lifestyle brand that is founded on conscious honest decisions and blends quality with affordability and environmentally considered products now as they say over at pb the only footprint we want to leave is on the sand So when you purchase from Project Blank's epic range of products, and if you use the code MAPLIFE, M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E at checkout, you're not only assured that your choices are environmentally conscious and friendly, as you'll already be contributing to their charity partners, uh, Ecology Forests, Ecology Climate Projects, and the award-winning Seabin, and Project Blank have given us, and by us, that means you, 20% of every order to distribute to our charities of choice. And during the winter, our charity of choice is Protect Our Winters, which is a collective of activists from around the world supporting and believing that nature needs our help. Now, obviously our playgrounds being the surf, being the mountains that we love to to spend and ride our time in, um, these are the parts of the planet that require us to really stand up for them and protect our winters is doing that across the planet so they're our charity of choice during our winter season and as we said 20 percent of every order on the project blank website using the code maplife gives 20 percent of that directed straight to protect our winters so go over there check out the website at www.projectblank.com.au and buy something eco and epic for your next adventure outside. Do good, feel good, go blank. 
Okay, Hybration are back for another season of the Map Life podcast, and we're stoked to continue promoting their growing range of super high quality and highly potent medicinal mushroom based products. Cacao elixir powders, mushroom extracts, and ceremonial cacao are fast becoming people's drink of choice when they're taking a break from coffee or when they just want to upgrade the quality of their cup. All killer, no filler. Hybration Organics are hands down the best quality and most flavorsome medicinal mushroom products on the market. And that's why MAP loves them. They're honest, they're truthful, influential, and essential for upgrading your body at a cellular level. In order to get your hands on as much as you can, head over to thehybrationorganics.com.au. That's H-I-G-H-B-R-A-T-I-O-N, hybrationorganics.com.au. Throw in the code MAPLIFE at checkout and you'll get 20% off anything and everything you buy. So upgrade your performance today by looking after your physiology through Hybration Organics. Okay, so where do I start with my bro Mason? Mason Rose, well, he stands as a beacon of creativity and innovation in a world of art, filmmaking, photography. I mean, with every click of the trigger, he breathes life into his creations, like transcending the boundaries of convention and then challenging the very essence of artistic expression. His ability to capture the ethereal beauty of women in nature, of nature, even the mundane to unveil hidden stories through his lens is nothing short of mesmerizing. I mean, his film and his photography, his art becomes a portal to new dimensions. And it invites us to reimagine our perceptions and embrace the uncharted realms of imagination. I mean, Mace doesn't merely create art, he weaves dreams, ignites inspiration, and reminds us that within every individual lies the potential to shape the world through, as we said, innovation, but his unbridled creativity. His journey is a testament to the boundless possibilities of the human spirit. I mean, where he came from, where he emerged from, Port Macquarie, Australia, you know, from the pro bodyboarding scene, where he was... uh, one of the greats in Australian history, uh, and then diving deep into the underground b-boy scene, bringing it to life, really bringing it to the mainstream via platforms with brands like Red Bull and Monster. I mean, his work is enduring, and it reminds us that true art knows no limits. So I hope you really enjoy this chat, and I hope you take a lot from it, from, a, uh, from an innovative, as we said, innovative creator in both film and photography. Mason Rose. Mate, to open up, Mason, you're such a prolific artist. I mean, you're a cinematographer, a photographer, a musician. You work in so many different modalities in terms of film and photos, Super 8, 35 millimeter. So straight up, what I wanted to know was what did you love or what do you love about each of these specifically? You know, with film, for me, uh, when I first started with film, I, um, I was just freestyling and when I was younger, I had this idea of being a break dancer, you know, a a b-boy or a breaker. And I traveled to Brisbane to kind of learn more about the elements of, of hip hop and like, you know, music, graffiti, you know, not really so much the emceeing, but like the dance element was something that I was captivated by. And I ended up injuring 
my wrist at practice and I just said to myself, you know what, like breaking has never been filmed the way skateboarding or surfing has been filmed. And I wanted to create the first film in Australia that revolves around breaking. And I started this this DVD uh, called Seven Shadows. And it was me just traveling around the world, filming at events, filming at um, exhibitions, filming at all these different places, Korea, you know, um, Germany, all through Asia and, and Hawaii and America. And, and then I accumulated all that into my first film. And the first film we did, we did this tour around Australia. We did all these premieres around, the, around Australia uh, to, sh- to show that side of hip hop, which is breaking and tried to create a movement which was going to uplift and help that community grow in the way of sponsorships. And I don't know if you've know if you know, but you know, breaking is in the Olympics in 2024. It's yeah, been. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, and and your film itself was um was I, I believe it was a really integral part in that because this was some years ago when you did release that and you continued to work with Red Bull and and other brands that really championed the sport or the athleticism. Yeah. So, you know, I felt like for me, it was just, you know, it was a passion and it was my kind of like going to church and that was me giving my offering at church. Like, you know, I'm learning this amazing art form, which is film. And it was, you know, through the platform of breaking. And back then you wouldn't be allowed to film any of these dances. They would, they're like, so protective of their culture and they're so you know they're passive aggressive some of them are passive aggressive some of them are open and they're 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 welcoming and you just did you just don't know i was it got to the point where i would be in sydney and i'd be at a training spot and i'd be filming for a couple of hours and i'd have nowhere to stay so i'd just hang out with some of the some of the guys and and then I'd just break off at one o'clock and just find a spot like down the beach and just sleep on the beach. It's just some, you know, it was scary, but it was also like I met a lot of people and that was just kind of like, you know, you had no responsibilities. You didn't have too much money and you just kind of like did it because you had this dream of creating a better you know, a stronger foundation for that culture and just for yourself, like being someone that's been an integral part of that growth. And, you know, that's just for me, like I could walk away and and I would know and people would still reference the work that I've done because I opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people. And for me, it was like, that's enough for me. Like I I don't need to get paid from it. Like it was, that was my passion you know and that's it that's what drove that and then you know but uh, and and this is leading into photography being a i i documented i got i started learning a lot of different styles of photography and i was kind of like you know a spaz when it comes to you know that art form because i'd just be doing everything i'd do like fashion then i'd do like but that was just the process of learning and it didn't it took me a while to kind of realize that I need to pick one thing and I need to pick it in the way that that's my lifestyle. And I had 
this is this is funny. Like I got to the point where I only had a fifteen millimeter like fisheye lens, and I'd be shooting so much fisheye skating, like everything, surfing, skating, friggin' just people on the street, you know, street photography, whatever. And then my friend Nabil, who I grew up with, he just said, "Fucking throw that thing in the bin, bro. Like, <laughs> stop fucking using that lens. Like, you're fucking like, you got an eye, but you're fucking it up because the lens is just not." You know, you're not going to be anything if you're just going to keep that using that lens. And that was kind of like the spaz in me. Like I was just like, I'd be one of those people that would like, you'd throw the blocks or like the the textures down on the ground and I'd like arrange them in like in order, you know, like I'd just be able to put things together. So that that mentality is like, I just wanted to shoot everything and like, you know, I'd be shooting like a bee on a flower and then I'd go over and shoot some like dude smoking a blunt, you know, like just... It, you know, I'd use strobe, I'd use natural light. Like I'd just be constantly practicing. But it takes like years and and a lot of like critics and people telling you like, dude, you need to fucking grow. And then you realize and you take their advice. Like you could, you got to like stop with your ego and just kind of like, go, okay, fuck, I really need to um, be better and be on a, like a world platform or like at least – and a national platform, you know, be at that level where you're trying to like be at that level with those people. And you're you're stating that in order to get to that level, in your thoughts, is that that specification of skill. Yeah. So, like, I feel like to get to that specification, you really need to um, take people's advice, and you need to grow, and then the skill just keeps on growing if you keep. You know, you get to level one and you like, you can stay at level one and be the best at level one, but like you got to get to level two and then level three. And then you got to go back to like level minus three, which is, you know, 35 mil film and just, you know, learn all different types of 35 mil and different lenses and what works and, you know, putting 35 mil lenses on film cameras and just really like that for me is in this creative art zone. It's just like, it's endless. And the best way to stand out is when everyone's going left, you got to be like really, really pushing to the hard right. And then then you can either win. It's it's luck of the draw too. Like some some people like they do so, you can do like hard left but and keep going left and you'll probably get the easy props and like everyone's doing amazing stuff or and then you go hard right and then all of a sudden you notice everyone on the hard left are kind of doing this the hard right stuff that you were doing last week you know and it's like that is like being in a proper influencer and being being influential in your art form and i think that that's um it's it's the best thing for me like the best feeling when when you can like make people inspired, you know? Yeah, 100%. And you'd spoke about mentors before and they do come in many different forms. They can come in, as you said, come in the the zone of friends and they can come in the zone of other former artists that you look up to. But ultimately what you've stated at the start too, which is what I love, is that half of that or at least the core of that mentorship comes from the self and comes from that passion. And when you've you've got that passion for the craft, whether it be 35 mil, whether it be film, whether it be b-boy, whatever it is that you intend to shoot, if there's a combination of passion and knowledge or wisdom, you're in the box seat. And that gives you the 
gives you the ability to push hard right if everyone's going left because you can be confident that those the combination of knowledge or wisdom and passion are going to serve you really, really well. I think it's really important to learn the language. Reading people like reading people is probably the biggest thing for me. Like I was I went through a a period where I was pitching a TV show and I'm there with with the guy that landed the Jackass film at William Morris Agency, which is IMG now. And I'm sitting there and this guy, I have my other guy next to me who's just yapping, who I brought on in, on board. He's just talking about, oh, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they, he got to a question where he, he couldn't answer. And then he turned to me and, and I was kind of like, I knew exactly what he wanted to hear to get it over the line. And it's like just saying one line where it's like, okay, these, your, your talent is like the new version of the Dogtown Kids. Like- there's Jay Adams, Tony Alva, Stacey Peralta. They're all here in another genre and you could be like, you know, you you have to kind of tell it's it's crazy like being able to read them and then learning that language that kind of pushes it over the line, you know? Because there's so many different like uh um layers to landing a big gig like that or you know, talking to your DP or, you know, talking to the talent it's themselves. Like, you have to know how to talk to them. You know, you could be, like, filming, like, uh, you know, someone from the Bronx, New York. And if you're going to be, like, shy or, like, you know, you, you're feeling, like, nervous, then then you're not going to earn their trust. So you got to, like, once you learn the language and you, you know how to kind of make people feel comfortable and not really give a fuck, you know, be a little bit more like just overly confident kind of, you know, and then you can direct that talent a lot better and make them do things that they would never do, you know, and that's where you're going to totally. produce or, you you know, you're going to produce the best work because no one's ever going to get that person to do that shit again. You know what I mean? 100%. And do you think that that comes from a clarity of the vision of the project? I think it comes from... um the clarity of the vision of the project as the baseline, but sometimes it's more about you're there and you can adapt really quickly to whatever's thrown at you, you know? You could be put into a situation where like, you know, it's raining or the girlfriend comes in and she's fucking going off at the boyfriend. You know, there's just so many different variations of, of situations you can be put in when you're directing or if you're shooting, you know, some talent and you just got to be able to, to adapt. Yeah. I've spoken to a number of high performers on this podcast and a number of them have mentioned that cognitive flexibility. So being able to adapt is a measure of high performance. So being able to basically be flexible in the moment, trusting that your vision, but also your ability to handle and your routines and your and your skill set is has the ability to handle that need for flexibility. And you've also, I mean, you've shot lands, landscapes, you've shot lifestyle, you've shot, now you're shooting a lot, I know, a lot more girls. So can you maybe open up a little bit into that process between what goes through your mind when you're shooting potentially like landscape, lifestyle, and then, as you said, getting the best out of your, your muse, so to speak, within the female form? Well, I feel like... Uh when you get up in the morning 
there's going to always be someone that's on your shoulder saying, just sleep in, bro. You don't fucking need to go outside. You don't need like, you know, here in Hawaii, we have our AC on for half the night, like, you know, for four hours to cool down the place because it's freaking hot. So when we wake up, like it's still cool, but outside is hot and you're just so comfortable. But like, you're going to miss the best sunrise. You're going to miss like the most amazing, you know, photograph, you know, could be the, could be your bestseller. You know what I mean? So that for me is like, it's really trying to, I'm, I'm trying to just kind of go against myself because I know we're always trying to push towards the opposite end of gravity. It's the same as like, you know, your mindset needs to be pushing outside of the bubble of the comfort zone. And once I strip back all the bullshit and all the extra work that I was just doing for the love, a lot of stuff that I just like feel passionate about, I just can't give it up because I'm just kind of like that. But just learning to be able to go outside, get back in the ocean, shoot, you know, go hiking or just go shoot like just the most perfect moment and then come home and have breakfast and then go outside and go to, to the next stage and do it again. Cause like there's here, there's like, you know, so many seasons in one day, there's like rainbows every half an hour. There's like, just this place is incredible. But when I'm in Europe, it's equally as incredible or in Asia. Cause it's, it's just refreshing to see different landscapes you know, different like trees and animals and and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like for me, I'm having like this spiritual, soulful awakening, being able to force myself to get up and, you know, be a better version of myself than I was yesterday, basically. It's a solid baseline to have in terms of going to sleep, knowing that tomorrow the plan is just to be a better version of myself than I was today. For sure. And I feel like there's going to be moments when it's just like a rider, you're going to have rider's block. Once you, when you get that, that shot, like the other day I shot with a 600 mil, 35 millimeter Waikiki on sunset. I think it was the last day before lockdown and everyone was surfing. And I shot from like, you know, from ground level, the sun as it's going down, surfer, on a long board with like hundreds and hundreds of people around him. And I shot this amazing image. And next thing you know, the artist, The weekend, is using it for his backdrop for his new album or something. You know, like that's the kind of like you need to just keep pushing. Like, you know, I, I like to go riding and just have my camera in the bike and just f- pull over and just find some something weird, you know. This could be just the perfect light with like this amazing – plant or this person a homeless person with blonde dreads or you know i'm just kind of like trying i'm just i'm constantly shooting different stuff but obviously my focus is coastal makes you feel positive positive energy and makes you feel uh clarity because i feel like when i print out my work and i have it on in my house you want to look at that and let it remind you like everything's going to be okay like don't watch the fucking news because they're selling you the worst shit because that's what's going to be the most popular thing. So when you see things that have like a value, which is the most simplest thing, which is like 
the water or a palm tree or like you know hair in the wind like you know these are the kind of things that is just like makes you feel something so for me on that you know when it comes to landscape and stuff like that that's what i'm trying to find like that perfect feeling and then people seeing that as value and wanting to put that on in their house for me is like the biggest compliment you know and i feel like i'm so stoked because i'm an advocate or a rebel against the bullshit that we're dealing with on this planet earth you know like I feel like that's important. You got to like, it's same with our cafe. We're trying to do like really, really good food because you have to build your immune system and we want you to freaking, you know, fight against this bullshit or you want to have McDonald's every day. What do you want? You know what I mean? Don't blame me if you die, you know, like <laughs> you're like having McDonald's every day. That's what happens. You're going to die anyway, but. You got to champion something. You have to champion something. Yeah, in you got to you got to always be fighting to the left, going to the hard right. You know, like trying to be a rebel. You know, I don't believe I have. I have to be a bit skeptic when it comes to things like that I see on the news or what people tell me. I just kind of like got to. You got to get your own. You got to get that evidence. You know, you got to really like dive in and figure it out for yourself. And one of the great things which I, when you touched on it, was you have to put yourself in the position to capture the moment. So ultimately, whatever vocation or whatever field that you're in, if you're not there, you can't do it. You can't achieve it. So ultimately, goals and dreams are fantastic, but it's the action steps. Even if they're small activation steps are supremely important in order for you to achieve those big goals, those big dreams that you have. And you did mention landscape and lifestyle. And what I wanted to keep sort of pushing a little bit, is there a secret to shooting human beings? Yeah. So, my goal when I'm shooting with a model, male or female, is for them to go back and go, oh, that was, that was different. Like, that's fucking the best shoot I've ever been on, you know? I want it to be like we're making the best, getting the best out of them when I see them in their natural way. And I feel that a lot of people, you know, when you sh- when you're shooting a model or a s- subject you're choosing you're choosing someone that you believe in you know you you don't just shoot just anybody it's hard this is like watching like a cheetah run like their their movement the way their muscles are their you know their tail everything is just precise so when you're shooting like the human form and you have a really good shoot with someone because they're being natural and being themselves, I feel like a model that's already cool is going to be the best model, you know? And a lot of the people that I do shoot are like, they're just so cool. They're the the nicest people. They know what's cool. They're not bitches. They don't fucking like talk shit. They don't like, you know, they're organically just rad. And then it just shows in their images. And I feel like... There has been a couple of shoots where, you know, the model is just kind of is weird. It's inauthentic. Not inauthentic. Very like she has this image of herself. She doesn't know who she is. And that's when it's just like, oh, this is a wrap. Well, how do you capture someone who they don't know who they are? If, you know, what's well, coming through the <laughs> I usually just kind of go to plan B and just like tell them to walk like a hundred meters that way and just like <laughs> just stay away from me and like we're just gonna get some some like artistic moods, you know? Like 
I feel that um, I'm still yet. I, there's so many amazing models that I shoot, and it's hard to find them. They're like unicorns, you know. You know what? It, you you did mention too that it's very very similar to wildlife photography, as you said. So if you, as the director of photography, or behind the lens or the shoot, can get the model to basically act as natural as a cheetah would or as, as you said, some sort of wildlife, you can capture that essence of natural organic beauty as a wildlife photographer would. But there's a specific skill, isn't there, to capturing that moment from either wildlife or a human where you know a great uh, portrait photographer or a, or a photo when you see the something in the eyes that you capture, there's a specific moment as the photographer, you'll be like, fuck, we got that. That is the premium moment. And it would be the exact same thing as when you were, if, if you were shooting wildlife where you're like, yeah, that's a great shot of a cheetah, but it's not the shot. So there's a specific skill like you were talking about to let them exude their naturalness or their natural organic authenticity. And for you to be on the spot at that moment, just to capture that is, that's the skill. Yeah. So I, I'm, I constantly say at the beginning of my shoots is like, you don't look at me. Do not look at my, at my camera. Don't look at me, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll, tri- I'll trick them. I'll say like, okay, we got it. And then they'd go walk down to go and rinse their hands off. I'm shooting like crazy when they're doing that. And that's like, that's the secret is like manipulating these models and these people to do shit that's like, okay, this is the natural. This is absolutely natural. And I hate the, I, I really find it like, the posy stuff, the commercial side of stuff, it is amazing. And I just like the natural feeling. Because like I said, like I really want to put stuff in magazines or on the wall that makes you feel like you're actually there. You know, it's it's can it's very candid and um you you're manipulating it to look kind of candid, kind of not, you know? And you're gonna get it sometimes and when you do it's a it's it's mind-boggling bro it's it's just like it's a wrap you know you're just like oh thank you yeah we're done like you know like (laughs) i the one shoot that i did with someone i i think i shot five photos and said that's it we're done but you can feel that right you sense through the lens that you you know it you know on a deep aligned level, we spoke about alignment, you know on an aligned level when you nail that shot, you're like, there's something that happens within that sparks. It's almost like it just flicks a switch and says, that's it. Yeah. And it's really hard to pick out the images when you're in post because you don't want it to be sexually, sexual. You don't want it to be too sexual or yeah, just too forced. And I think that post has a lot to do with it, like your selection and being very, it's it's crazy. Like I got, I think when you look back at the old Playboy magazines, like I just remember like, you know, fuck all the other shit. But like the there's images in there that are just like, they did it so good, you know, as far as like the beauty of a woman, you know, there's stuff there that's like, it's just rad, like in Italy and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like one guy that's doing it really well is Pyrian. Pyrian. He's like replicating that from back in the day, the 70s kind of feel. Um, 
all film, all candid, organic. He's, you know, he at the end of the day, he's the one that brought it back. Man, I, what I loved about what I love about your work is the, a lot of the post work that's done. Um, there's su- you've there's a, such an essence. It's almost like you've sort of signatured your own style in post. I think the image is there. Don't get me wrong. But there's a sense, there's an artistry in post. And I know a lot of uh, photographers don't want to give away their secrets, so I'm not necessarily asking you to do that. But is there a specific way that, say, some uh, young, budding, emerging photographers, is there anything specific that you've learnt that you could or you wish you knew back when you started that you know now? When you're shooting 35mm, I want it to be clear, there's no post. It's just is, you know? That's the beauty of having shooting film it's just looks incredible but then with digital you're almost trying to replicate that to some form but you know i wish when i first started out when i knew what i wanted to do um, which was fashion at the beach i made everything bright you know i wanted because it was weird dude like there was the with the instagram and stuff like that and, and magazines dying out um, it kind of gave you the power to be the magazine and you um, you were trying to kind of create some sort of aesthetic and you learn a lot in that process and a lot of people did not know what that was. A lot of that's why like I feel like a lot of people did so well that were that were onto it from the start. And then um, yeah, so like I feel now, I'm bringing it back down to like a more more of a where I first started which is like a documentary kind of style but also blending in the fashion stuff to kind of complement it so it tells a story because it does you can't just say you can't just put in a put out there a mood I feel like now you have to kind of show the full spectrum of what's going on in your day you're giving more giving the people more you know, especially since that whole like magazine thing has gone or starting to be like extinguished, extinct is that we have to become now the magazines for real. And then I know what it's going to do. We're going to all, all these people that learnt via that platform. And when Instagram goes bust, we are going to create magazines again or books and I feel like that's going to be the beauty of it. And that's kind of my goal to be able to like show your work in the physical form and for it to be valued. Okay, guys and girls, just a quick break in the show to let you guys know of our new Map Life podcast sponsor, Pro Vitality. Now, if you want to get across and check out Pro Vitality, you will be amazed at what's available there for you guys. With a 5% discount at the checkout using the MAP Life code M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E, Pilates machines, fitness machines, infrared saunas, traditional saunas, ice baths, outdoor showers, you name it. You need it for your health and wellness. It is there to pick up with a 5% discount thanks to the Pro Vitality team whose values, and this is one of the big things I love about this crew, integrity, relationships, and service. And again, three essential pillars when it comes to doing great business. So if you share both myself and George from Pro Vitality's passion for living an active and healthy lifestyle, head to provitality.com.au. And again, all your needs will be serviced with great integrity, 
and an incredible relationship. Go and get some. Enjoy your day. Back to the show. There was something so great back in the day, magazines, journals, that were the journals and the magazines that took the time to present photographers, present stories, present writing, present work that was just fantastic, but in such a beautiful way. It's something tangible about that reading experience that you just don't get through the flick. You don't get through that experience on online. And I can't wait for the day that artists like yourself or a collective of artists like yourself bring it back. And I think that that will be a beautiful time for um, for young artists in general, especially emerging artists, to be inspired, like you said before, how important inspiration is, to really inspire the next generation of artists. I'm inspired to... I, I just want like Instagram to just die. Like that's kind of like the ultimate for me, like the, what they've done, how they, you know, how face, what Facebook's done, everything. This, this shit needs to just stop. Like I'm, I'm done, but what can replace it? What can like, how can we all just jump over and start fresh and, and be secure, you know? And this is, I'm just going to like say right now is I've been a part of this, this app that is going up against Instagram and our goal is to destroy Instagram. It's called super and it's going to be like the old Instagram. And if you're going to have 10,000 followers, then those 10,000 followers are going to see your work. You know, now you have like, I've got like, I've got other things like 70 K, yeah, 70 K probably like a thousand people see my shit. And it's like, why am I like, Going up Pay against to play, this, bro. this is like, to play. yeah, this is like, like, you know, digging for Bitcoin, you know, it's like, this is not cool. And for me, like, it's this, not this could be really an, an option for the short term. And I feel like eventually, and I know this is coming too, is there's going to be a blockchain platforms where you're going to have Instagram style but it's going to be a blockchain no one can touch it you can use the licensed music and no one's going to take your shit down and no one's going to be able to get sued because no one owns it it's going to be out there you know and i feel like that's going to be the next thing i think what we need man and i'm going to back you up on that is artists helping artists artists inspiring artists artists creating things for other artists as you said because it's a business now it is an art it is a business um and artists feel like they're going to miss out on something by not being on there and on one side there is the fact that obviously you can showcase your work but it doesn't reach the amount of people that it that it should but on the other hand as you said if there's someone or some collective out there creating something more of worth for artists you're going to have more artists going across there like you said hard hard right and you're going to have more artists say, oh, this is something that's actually going to serve me better. I'm going to get out there and support this instead. And then you're going to have the collective go, what the fuck's going over there on the right? And they're going to go and watch this. And all of a sudden, the true art, which is always the case, is going to, you know, cream rises to the top. 100%. 100%. And I feel like there's there's so much going on right now with this pandemic that it's going to be – it's things are going to change. And uh, you just got to be ready to adapt and – you know, if you're if your million followers on Instagram are kind of eventually going to be worthless, then it's just tough luck. You know, like that's just this is just the way it is. You know, you had your time; it was amazing, and you you're stoked. But what's your what's your next thing? You have to be like planning ahead of the, in in you know in the future, but also living in the moment at the same time. Yeah, thinking outside the square as well as being grateful and present for the moment 
that, that's been created. You've also just talked about adaptability and, and adapting. I mean, Hawaii is a long way, a long way from the B-Boy circles, you know, the underground B-Boy stuff. So why the trend transition and how? How did you make that transition so smooth? So, I mean, like I said, what I, what I, what I do is I add on, I never take away. And I've always been a beach person. I've always, I've lived, I'm from Port Macquarie and it's a small town. And since I was 15, I've been coming here. So I've been coming here, but I'd never go anywhere past the North Shore. And I just, you know, from a young age would come here, would come, come here and, and this is the age of magazines and you'd try and get on a magazine. It's just kind of something that event, eventuated and I've met a girl and we had a baby and we lived, we've, we all live happily ever, ever after. And there's, <laughs> I mean, what a better, there's no better place you'd want to be. This is incredible. I can't, I can't imagine being anywhere else but here or Australia. And, you know, I, I miss Australia. I, I feel that um, there's, there's a big chunk of me there and I could be back there next year. Who knows? It's just I'm just going with it. We'll definitely welcome you back. But it's such an interesting line that you've taken. In terms of I wondered whether the idea of Hawaii was there before you went to stay and live and to create and to become that, that being your home or was it a, an adventure that eventuated into a lifestyle in, in, then into full time? Well, it was funny. My mom went to a clairvoyant. She said, your son's going to get married and he's going to move to Hawaii. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wow. That's your dreaming, dude. Like, there's no way. And then, yeah, I was just kind of, I guess I fell in love and the rest is history. But, you know, <laughs> it was hard moving here. I moved here kind of just as I was starting to get off the ground as far as a fashion photographer or something like this. And... um I had to kind of start from scratch, work, new baby coming. What am I going to do here? I don't have a green card yet. It's going to take me about a year to get it. At that point, I had Red Bull as a client and I was working with them, um, shooting and doing Red Bull Air Race and BC1 and a bunch of other events. And uh, I ended up for my weekly job, I was doing parties. And this is where DJing comes in. And I started doing a Friday, a Wednesday and a Friday night in Chinatown in Hawaii with my friend. And uh, that's how I made my living. And that's how, like, you know, we would DJ from, we would spin from like uh, seven or eight o'clock till, till two in the morning and we'd switch off and we would promote and we'd bring in enough money to like take care of the family. And yeah, it was just kind of like, adapting <laughs> you constantly have to adapt and your mindset like my mindset was i am on holidays right here i'm living here but my mind is telling me i'm on just this ho this amazing holiday so i could you know comprehend the fact that i left australia and my family and what everything they ever known so yeah i feel like you have to when it comes to adapting you have to adapt Otherwise, you might end up on the street talking to yourself like fucking, you know, you might lose your mind. And it's just kind of like the way I feel like, like I see my friends at home and they're just like, they're so comfortable. They're doing their thing. I feel like I'm the lobster that stripped his shell back like 20,000 times, you know? 
just I'm feeling very uncomfortable, very kind of nervous, but reassuring myself and putting myself around positive people to be able to adapt and to be able to grow and to be able to like make it work because, you know, I come from nothing, you know, I come from just a small country town, you know, I used to live in my garage with my, at my mom's house and learning on like an i what was it? I can't remember. It was like a, the, the first ever Apple computer, the round one <laughs> <laughs> and just learning how to like do film, learning how to like, cut a skate film or a breaking film or a surfing film and just like doing resume videos for people and like just learning how to like come up with a style and it's funny like i just remembered right now is that i used to try you you look at home and away right and you see it it's very tinny and then you look at the days of our lives and it looks really organic and like rich i was always trying to freaking emulate the days of our lives but in surf skate and like you know what I mean? Like interviews and just kind of like trying to find that rich, you know, visual and trying to create, recreate it. And yeah, I, rem- I just remember that right now. That's so funny. Like these interviews, like they bring you back. They make, they force you to think about it. So yeah, it's been a great journey. I'm so lucky and blessed. Like I could have died a few times for sure. Out of from stress, from this TV show that we shot, we landed it. And I missed the birth of my daughter, came back home, just fucking super stressed. And then like, you know, that, that you, there's only so much you can take and and then that vibrates outward and you can like affect people around you. And um, that's what happens when you're dealing with like people that you're trying to shoot all the time and they're like brats, you know? You end up like trying to cater to their needs, try to like make them do things that they don't want to do, make them get up. They they turn up late. You just constantly try, you know, you end up pulling your hair out. If you heard, if you talk to anyone that's done a documentary that, you know, I don't know if you saw that documentary of the guy that's like filming that octopus. Did you see that? So if you watched the start of the movie, he was shooting in Africa He's doing a documentary which almost broke up his family. Burnout. Yeah, he was burnt out. And that's basically what you give so much when it comes to film. You give so much when you're doing that shoot on the beach with that girl. You're constantly trying to manipulate. And at the end of the day, if you burn out, like it's going to affect everyone around you. And that's, yeah. Totally, man. And your fuel systems during those shoots, and I know from being on shoot sets myself, but- they are long, hard days, um, and as you said, you give so much and you give so much, but you're not only giving energy, you're also absorbing, like you said, everyone else's energy. So if you don't take the time to rebalance, to recalibrate, to realign yourself during, post, whenever it is that you feel best that you need to realign, you're just going to keep compounding all of that onto you until one day, it's just like we stated before, it's too heavy to carry, and you either crumble under the weight you have a breakdown, as they say, it's a breakdown, or you just you have a breakup. So ultimately, have you learned ways in which to realign yourself? Yeah, so I never knew that, that this was possible. When my mother was telling me, I'm, I feel like I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I was like, whatever, like that doesn't exist. And I feel that that was because I was so grounded. I was so grounded from walking with no shoes on, on the, on the grass, on the sand, going surfing, being in the salt. My nervous system 
was constantly being grounded. But when you don't have that grounding and you're pushing and you're revving the motor and you're in like fight and flight mode, that is going to give you, you know, it's going to give you anxiety. It's going to give you helplessness and that that feeling of doom like it's complete disconnect yeah i was in bali and i i got hit by a truck and it opened up my leg i almost died i had to like i got on the bike i I fell off the i got hit by the truck fell off the motorcycle just going to get a coffee looked down i felt okay looked down and half my legs like ripped off and i'm like oh Okay, like uh, MacGyver sets into my brain. Okay, adapt. What have I got to do? All right, okay, take my shirt off. Okay, flap, put my kneecap back in. Tie it up super tight just to stop the bleeding. All right, okay, how am I going to get to the hospital? Anyone know how to get to the hospital? This guy's like, I'll take you. Just get on the back of my bike. Okay, so how long does it take? It's going to take you about 30, 45 minutes. Okay, am I going to bleed out on the bike? How much battery do I have on my phone? Blah, blah, blah. Like you're trying to like that alone, just me talking about it right now, it it gives me this freaking high sense of like I'm being chased and that's that's flight and flight mode. You know, the first hospital I went to, they're like, "Uh, we're probably going to have to amputate it. And that hospital was like a lower grade hospital that just wanted my money. So that operation cost way more than just stitching up and cleaning out the wound. But then you're like also on a motorcycle with your half your leg opened up and you're driving through puddles. What's in those puddles in Bali, a third world country? You're constantly trying to like fight off, you know, infection and, and whatnot. And then I, I get to the hospital and they're like, okay, how much do you weigh? I say like I'm 200 pounds. Okay, like you have to fast. They put me up, put me in with antibiotics through my body, blah, blah, blah. I ended up like... My wound's just like an old fish. It's just sitting there. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then I go into the operating theater. Just before I go to the operating theater, I'm like, I just want to make sure that you wrote pounds, not kilograms. Because if I'm going to have an anesthesia, like go under the the anesthetic, if it's 200 pounds as kilograms, I'm going to die. So like, this is like the, you're constantly making sure you have to like, you know, I'm not going to like take, what you tell me and I'm not going to constantly believe what you say. I have to like, you know, you have to think for yourself. So yeah, like that's, that that's, that was like the craziest thing and how I've learned to adapt and how, how I've learned to cope with what happened, you know, is like getting back to the roots of it, which is like surfing every day, training, making sure I sleep eight hours, make sure it's like, you know, an REM sleep where I'm dreaming, no disturbances. Like I, I value sleep way more than I ever have. I used to like stay up and edit films and, and as it's rendering and it says two hours till rendering's finished, I would have a two hour sleep, wake up and keep going. Fuck that life. That life's done. And yeah, I kind of feel like uh, eating properly. Do you think that that whole the, there's a difference obviously between when you first started out obviously that you know highly strung cutting corners everywhere in terms of your health just to get the projects over the line and get the passion projects to the point where you can showcase them there's a huge remarkable difference between you then you now if you were to go back and talk to yourself back then is he going to listen or does he think 
you know, if you say, listen, well, you need to start grounding yourself, you need to start sleeping, you need to start doing these things, or is he like, man, I'm not going to get any of this done if I take on that mentality or that mindset. So this is such a juggle and such an interesting question or line of questioning for young young artists, especially because it's such a tough industry to get into. And I know you're in there. And as I said, you're very much towards the peak of that pyramid. So for the guys on the bottom, you know, what's the advice, you know, what advice could you offer those guys knowing full well that they need to break in? Yeah. So my, my advice is just follow your heart. Like don't listen to anyone, (laughs) even your old, even this new self of you, like, you know, that lead, that, that band that created those songs, you know, that artist that created those songs, like they're not sleeping. That's why like a lot of people, a lot of musicians, they lose it and they fucking end up necking themselves. But if you want to be great, like I don't know how much if you're like Goku and you can go to like four planets and like hold the gravity up and then come back, then try and do it. For me, I could I could have done it, but I also have another you know, I've got two babies and I've got a wife and I didn't want to destroy that. So what it comes down to is like, if you can do it, then freaking, I said when I was 35, either when I get to 40 and I'm not dead, then okay, that's been an amazing, crazy five years. And I'll, I can't, I can't, there's silly things that I can definitely take back and I, I would, I kind of a little bit regret, you know, but at the end of the day, like, I'm still here and that's what it's all about the story what it, what what is in your story you know is it just going to be comfort zone where you're okay for you know till you're what 80 and then you retire and you die like nah like you got to go all out like you really do you have to be obsessed with photography you have to be obsessed with film and you have to like have that obsession where like you know you're gonna go out before anyone else and you're gonna get the best shot and you're gonna do it because you love it you don't do it for the likes you don't do it for you know the kudos of your friends or to get chicks or whatever you do it because you're making you know a change you're 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 for me personally is that you're trying to like change people's emotions same with when i play music you're trying to like uplift you're trying to make them feel something that they wish they they want to feel this they're down you want to bring them up high moods low moods you know the way you react is based off those two things it's got nothing to do with anything else if you're at a low mood then you're going to affect people in a low, in a bad way around you and you're, you're going to find it really hard to get up in the morning you're going to find it really hard to get that photo and also like you know express in a positive way when you're doing shoots with models and whatever. But if you're in a high mood, you're invincible. That's what it comes down to. And that's why I value sleep now. That's why I value food now. That's why I value a lot of different things now and not pushing myself to the point where I'm at a low mood. I'm just aware of that now. But when I was 35, I didn't give a shit. I was like, I'm going to like, I'm going to do this no matter what. I can live or die, you know? Mate, I'm, I'm definitely hearing that. I've talked to a lot of younger guys coming through who are doing some great stuff and they are really adopting what you're talking about in terms of mood enhancement. So basically focusing on the things that bring their mood, you know, into that positive, into the upper echelon. And the 
obviously the way to do that is to look after your health is the first thing and understand that we're all a little bit different in terms of our energy types. I'm not sure if you know much about human design, but there's five different energy types. So we're not all just grinders and hustlers. There's different ways in which that we address the world. And ultimately, if you focus on the mood, so focusing on what is it in my life that absolutely brings me joy, brings me closer to bliss, brings me into that aligned flow state of soul, heart, mind, alignment, and whatever that is, do that because you're going to do that really well because you're going to sacrifice so much other shit around you to do that. And what you've stated is as you've grown older or as you've grown, you've come into a beautiful relationship, which has become a priority, which means that that makes you feel aligned. So you're going to sacrifice for that just as your two children do. You're going to align for that and you're going to sacrifice for that. So as we get older, our priorities don't, we don't lose passion for our craft. We just have other things in our lives that make us feel completely aligned and alive and as you sit in that positive mood that we want to spend more time around it so we've got to try and figure out the sacrifices that we can make in order to do that and sometimes that becomes some of the corporate jobs or sometimes it becomes part of the project that you're looking to do but ultimately if you're following you know your ethos which is positive mood uplift inspire you're basically going to come out on top yeah basically that should be your goal and yeah just don't listen to anyone. There's going to be the teachers that tell you you can't. There's going to be the girlfriend that says, I'd rather you not. But you have to just you have to just say, I'm doing it no matter what. And you have to learn your own mistake. You know, you have to learn from your own mistakes and you can't let someone dictate, you know, how you how you shoot. And when you learn, you know, along the way you're going to find mentor mentors that you respect. It could even be your wife <laughs> and and they're going to teach you. They're going to teach you and they're going to refine you and you just got to make time for being for being able to get dirty and into the paint and getting crazy and doing stuff that kind of makes you feel free and then resets you and then you bring that back, strip it back and refine that. And Everything needs to be fun. Like it, it, it can't all just be work 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 if it's work 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 go and be a worker this is an art and it's got to bring joy to you and it's got to be able to bring joy to other people too and i feel that that's that's where i'm at totally bro and one of the art forms of growing older is being selective with your mentors as you said but the the ultimate idea like you just mentioned there is to follow that sense of freedom refine that and then ensure that you're having fun along the way. And as I said, if you anyone's out there, when they look at Mason's work, you'll understand that he is a living, breathing um, example of his ethos and his work is an accompaniment to that. So, Mason, I really appreciate your time and, and offering such great insights from that beautiful Hawaiian, gorgeous place that you live over there, mate. Um, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast. So thanks again for, for your time, your effort, your attention, your love, and um, God bless you, mate. Thanks, Legend. Okay, team, in light of the recent devastating fires over in Maui, Hawaii, Mason and I wanted to direct your attention over to his Instagram page at Mason Rose Photo, where there's a link in his bio to go across and support the Maui Fires fundraiser. Now, they've raised a ton of money for locals on ground to get support into those families that have been ravaged and devastated by these fires so anything you can do to get across and support and provide love to these 
families of just such devastation, we would really appreciate that. So head across to Mason's Instagram at Mason Rose Photo. Thank you.